Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Well, hey, welcome back. Excited that you're back for part two of this season as we're in the Christmas season and talking about uh, all the reasons that we have to celebrate Christmas coming here in just a few days, in a week and a half. And so then, uh, today the title of the message is The Perfect Christmas Gift, and we're going to be rooted in Colossians chapter 1. And so if you want to go and turn there, you can. And we're talking about accepting, being, and seeing yourself like God sees you or like God does. And so then, uh, if you're joining us online, it means a lot. If you're on the podcast, thanks so much for being here and uh, getting rooted. And so then, before we jump into the message, let's take a moment to posture our hearts to pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather this morning, regardless of where we are all over the country. I just ask you to be with us, Lord, as we hear. Lord, open our ears and our eyes. Lord, help us to engage in a way that we haven't before, Lord. I ask you to help us to reflect on and know and believe what this time of year represents, what this season is all about, Lord. This season, as we discussed the greatest offer last week, Father God, I pray that you'll help us to build on that today and help us all to move forward in our faith in our relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so then we talked last week how the root of the reason for this season is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the offer to uh, essentially accept what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that uh, he gave his only son, and whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And so we touched on how uh, Jesus was perfect, and he's perfect. He came from a perfect place, and he lived a perfect life. And we discussed in depth how the difference between religion to God and relationship with God is the difference between do and done, and which is really the difference between works and grace, if you think about works and grace. And so we walk in God's grace. We don't work for it, and we don't work for it because we're saved by grace through faith with God's love, not by my work through my knowledge and my effort, right? It's not by your work through your knowledge by your effort, but it's by God's grace through your faith with God's love. And so then we pointed out that, that most people in, uh, in the world are going to miss heaven by 18 inches because they know it in their head, but they do not believe it in their heart. The difference is between do and done, knowing and, and believing. And sadly, knowing all of this, many of us still have this belief that uh, we must strive for perfection, that we have to do more. And today I want to let you know that you don't have to be perfect because somebody already was. Somebody already was. And that's really the root of the perfect Christmas gift. Somebody was already perfect for you. And so today we'll discuss how the sacrifice of Jesus makes and keeps us holy. And I hope you have your Bibles and your notebooks. Note takers tend to uh, retain 90% of what they hear. And so that's why we take message. You, you, that's why we take notes from the message is because if God's going to say something to you today, you probably should write that down, right? And so then our cornerstone scripture today is rooted in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. And here it is. It says, You were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil, but Jesus reconciled in his body by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before God. Man, what an incredible gift, right? 
And today we're talking holiness. And if you're joining me on Facebook or YouTube, if you're on the podcast, amazing. Thank you. This was a tough message for me on many fronts to, to put together because when we talk about being holy, it's really hard. It's really hard for us to put ourselves in that position, right? Yeah, I'm holy. I think of holier than thou. I think of don't think too out of yourself than you ought. I don't think of holy. And we really just don't want to give, uh, give ourselves that place or to even own the fact that we are. No, not me. I'm not good enough. I've got a long way to go, all those things. And then we tend to flip the script really quickly. We look at iconic figures, right? And we blame our imperfections, our flaws, or our shortcomings, our faults. And I just want to let you know, I have those same, I have those same thoughts too. Um, I know my weakness. I know my faults. I know my mistakes. I know my battles. But the reality is, is so does God. So does God. And I trust him and I believe him more than I trust and believe in myself. And so I know that he has what's best for me. And so if he said it, then I believe it. And Colossians is a great, is a great, great stop for us on, um, there are not many people that you can take what they say today and believe it. There are not many people that you can say and trust their word as the gospel. There's only one. It's Jesus. It's God. It's the Bible. And God is still one of those people where we can go, Yep, if it's in here, I can believe it. And so God is always going to be who he says he is. He's never going to change. He will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word you can trust. And so let's go a little bit deeper into Colossians chapter 1, verses uh, 15 through 23. We're going to read this together. This is the preeminence of Christ. This is the greatness or of Christ. This is the greatest. This is the greatest, the greatest and most perfect Christmas gift that we will ever receive. We're going to start in verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, the greatest, the greatest. I think of Muhammad Ali saying, I am the greatest. No, you're not. Jesus is the greatest. Okay. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. That's ownership right there. And because of the peace, By the blood of his cross, we have relationship, we have restoration, we have redemption for mankind in that cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, verse 22, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach to God. Come on. If indeed you continue in the faith, if you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. You hear Paul's why right here. You hear Paul's why. Jesus is the greatest. He's the first to beat death. He walked in the fullness of God. He overcame our sin. He restored our relationship to the Father so we could be holy like him. And now we are blameless and above reproach is how verse 22 says it, meaning we will not be judged based on our confession and belief 
in Jesus. Reverence in Romans 10.9 from last week. So then the struggle that we face is accepting it, right? I struggle to accept it. Then I have, then I have to wrestle. Maybe struggle is not the word. I wrestle with accepting it. Then I wrestle letting myself be it. Okay? And then I wrestle seeing myself as it. Holy. Because when you look in the mirror, you can't compare to perfection. I know when I look in the mirror and I got this cookie dad bod, I can't compare it to perfection, right? And the reality is that we're not comparing to perfection. We're looking at holiness. And perfection and holiness are nowhere near the same things. So we have to separate the two. We've for so long partnered perfect and holy as the same thing, and they're not. There's only one perfect person, that's Jesus. He was a gift from God, as we learned last week in John 3.16. Believing in Him brings you back into relationship with God, the Father. And the bonus is we get to live in a perfect house, in a perfect home, heaven, forever. And so there's a big difference between perfect and holy. Jesus was both. Jesus was both. Jesus was perfect and He was holy. And because He was perfect, or He is perfect, rather, we are holy. Perfection defined as this, the quality of being free or as free as possible from all flaws or defect, which is true because Romans 3.23 says nobody is perfect, nobody is without flaw. We've all fell short of God's glorious standard. Okay, And so then, holiness means this, it's defined as this, being holy, a title given to spiritual leaders or relating to a perfectionist. It's not perfect, he's a perfectionist, he's trying, man he's trying, Right? A perfectionist movement arising in Western culture in the, in the late 19th century. We're not after perfectionism. We're after Jesus. We're not after perfectionism. We're after Jesus. It is nobody is perfect. It's not, sorry, nobody's perfect. It's nobody's Jesus. Nobody's Jesus. And so then it's not about being a perfectionist because that's striving and works related. There's no grace in it. It's not nobody's perfect. It's Nobody is Jesus. Nobody's Jesus. We've all fell short. And so I have a few questions for you today as we jump into this. Who, who is holy then? Who's holy? If I have a hard time owning that, who's holy then? Let's identify that. Colossians 1.22 says, He is now reconciled in His body by the flesh, of the flesh, by His death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach. Who's holy, blameless, and above reproach? You. You. Thank God for Christmas, okay? Thank God Jesus came. How do we become reconciled, holy, blameless, and above reproach? We go back to Romans 10.9. If you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. When you're saved, God sees you as holy, blameless, and above reproach. Man, that's good news. Why? Why does He see me that way? Why does He see me that way? It's John 3.16. God sent His Son for you. Jesus experienced hell on earth for you. Your sin was deleted and his goodness was poured into you. Because he came, we are. Because he was perfect, we're holy. God sees you holy, righteous. So then you have to ask yourself the question today. One, are you going to let this change your life? Are you going to let this change your perspective? Are you going to trust the person in the mirror? Or the one who knows every fiber of your being? The one who knows what your reconciliation cost. The one who experienced it. 
Yeah, but Dusty, I mean, you don't know, you know, the reality is, is, is you know, I've, I've got this, and it's, no. The reality is, is holy has become one of those words that we've, like, deleted or pushed away, or we've made it so religious, or we've changed kind of the, uh, the value or the meaning of it, and we think it's untouchable. And it's not untouchable. God says you are. You are. Look at what blameless means in Greek. Blameless means without blemish, faultless, unblameable. Unblameable is not an English word, by the way, but it is in the Greek. It means unblameable. Can't blame them. How incredible is the word blameless? Many of us can't stomach perfect, okay? But we can understand and accept blameless. Blameless. It doesn't mean that we walk in it, though, just because we understand it, right? But, but we get it. I get it. I know what that means. And what's crazy is the Greek meaning of blameless is the English meaning of perfect. So God's trying to, trying to say perfect, but he doesn't. He says, you're blameless. You're blameless. Essentially, you didn't know. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Man, I'm so glad Jesus came to restore me. This is the same word that is used to describe Jesus' perfect sacrifice. It's the same word that describes Jesus which now makes sense because in God's eyes, he sees us through his son. When God sees you, he sees you through Jesus. He doesn't see you apart because you've been restored. And now because of the blood of Jesus that covers you, God sees you through that blood. He sees you through Jesus. And he sees you through the lens of Jesus. And he says, you are holy, you're blameless, and you're above reproach. You will not be judged. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. I know you're not perfect. You don't have to keep, you know, that's the one thing that, that when people give me comments, I, I kind of keep coming back and I try to, I try to bring them down a little bit and be like, Hey, yeah, yeah it's, it's, just come on down here a little bit. Yeah, just come on. So then I'm just going to tell you, you don't have to say it ever again. I know God definitely knows nobody's perfect and, and we're all a work in progress, right? I'm a work in progress. So then after that, do you feel blameless? Is blameless easier for you to receive than perfect? Is, e, is blameless easier for you to receive than holy? Two things you need to believe today about how God sees you as holy and blameless. Psalms 103 verses 10 through 14. This is the good news translation. It's so good. Here's what it says. It says, he does, he, God does not punish us as we deserve or repay us according to our sins and wrongs. As high as the sky is above the earth, so great is his love for us who honor him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins from us. As the Father is kind to his children, so the Lord is kind to those who honor him. He knows what we are made of. He remembers. He remembers that we are dust. Psalms 103 reminds us that Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Colossians chapter 1 confirms it. So then will you accept this? And do you believe this? As we're right here in the middle of December. Every time you sin, do you constantly beat yourself up? Every mistake, every regret. Are you constantly looking in the rearview mirror? Is that still there? Still some distance. Is that still there? Are you going to God with it? Are you repenting? Are you coming with a repentant heart? Do you accept what Psalms 103 says? The truth is when you don't believe, you're rejecting that. And what you're saying is that what Jesus did for you is not enough. That he needs to do more for your forgiveness because yours costs more than everybody else's. 
And when he said it's finished, when he said it's done, he meant it's done. And so then your holiness and your restoration costs the same amount as mine, costs the same amount as everybody else's. But just because you see yourself worse than others doesn't mean that he does. Because as a God sees you holy and blameless, he sees you righteous, he calls you son, he calls you daughter. He says you're above reproach. So because he sees you that way, you have to understand that, that your sin has been paid in full. Paid in full. One of the reasons we struggle with this is because we don't understand God's love, which we went in depth last week on. God's love for you is unconditional. It's called agape love. And his hope for us, his hope for us is that we would be rooted in that love. That we would be rooted in that love. I believe from memory, it's Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 17. You should look that up this week. Oh, it's right here. <laughs> so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded, grounded in love. Verse 18 is a bonus. Be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love. Isn't that what Psalms 103 just said? The width and the length and the height and the depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love that God has for you. Believing, believing then that you are holy and blameless means you're standing on God's promises. When you believe that, you're standing on the truth, not your opinion or the opinions of others. You're standing on the facts of the Bible. You're standing on the truth. And that's how God sees you. Planting your feet firmly on the gospel, not on lies or excuses or deceit that you've fed yourself or others have fed yourself or the world's fed you or the TV or the media or the news outlets or who cares, right? That you would be rooted deep in the soil of God's incredible love for you. It's simply this, Philippians 1, 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Why? Why? Because the truth is, every lie and every feeling and every excuse that makes you feel shame or guilt or ugly or not enough or too far gone, every one of those thoughts, ideas, feelings, and lies keeps you from believing that you are holy. It's a personal attack on you from the enemy who we call the devil. It's pure evil. It's pure evil coming against you. And you stand. And you stand on this and you believe, no, God says, God says that I am holy. And I am blameless. And I am above reproach. God sees me righteous. Calls me son. Calls me daughter. This is why James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Some versions say, humble yourselves before God. That's what I'm talking about. Shelf that pride and humble yourselves before God. Accept that he paid the price. It's okay to accept what God did for you. Be honest about where you are and believe that you are holy. It doesn't say ignore the devil. It says resist. Yes, the devil can visit in December. Okay. Jesus' birthday is not off limits. Although if we took a vote, I would say we all say it should be, right? And so resist means to withstand to combat, to counter, to outlast, to repel, to keep out. Keep out. Keep it out of there. Away. Resist the devil and he will flee. Which sounds a lot like work, right? Withstand combat. Combat. I need, a, I need a drink and a break already. So we choose to hit the ignore button when we see resist the devil and he will flee from me. Ah, right? And when we hit the ignore button, that starts the battle. 
That starts the battle and it starts right here, right? Remember Colossians 21:21 says, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, in mind, doing evil deeds. So then resist. What are you using to resist the devil? Truth, it's got to be in your heart. It's got to be there. It's got to be there. If it's not, you're going to go off of head knowledge. Devil can beat that every time. Nothing but truth will work, period. You fight lies. You fight lies that are being told to you. You fight lies that you're telling yourself up here. You fight those lies with truth always. Always. Always fight truth with lies. We don't fight lies with more lies. What's that end up in? Chaos, corruption, evil. The list goes on. Check, check Colossians chapter 3, right? This means truth must be in your heart, which takes what? Commitment. It takes a commitment to, to dig into this every day. We'll talk about that on December 26th, by the way. A true 2022 is what we'll be talking about December 26th, the day after Christmas. The Bible, taking a commitment to God, to the Bible, and to your relationship with Him. God speaks to us a lot through His Word. It needs to be part of our life. It must be part of our life if we're going to beat the enemy. And trust me, in 2021 and in 2022, you're going to need this. You're going to need this. Think about it. When the devil tempted Jesus, how did Jesus win? How did Jesus overcome evil? How did Jesus overcome the lies that the devil was telling him? The truth is, he was really in a relationship with the Father. And even though he was perfect, and even though he was holy, he still had to speak the truth. He still had to speak the truth. He knew it, and he believed it, and when he said it, when he resisted the devil, he fleed. This is why you find your identity in who God says you are, not in what you do. Not in what you do. Now, we could have spent today talking about the holiness of God, and he is, he is holy. And this is a holy month, and December 25th is a holy day. I've sat through those sermons, and so have you. And you understand full, full well the reason for this season. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. We discussed it last week. I believe that God, what, what God wants you to grasp today is that you, that you are holy. And the only reason you're holy is because He is perfect. It's like we discussed with honor a few, go, a few weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving. As we honor Him, He honors us. The only reason He is, the only reason that you are holy is because He was perfect. If He wasn't perfect, we wouldn't have a chance at heaven. There's no chance. The door's closed, 28 dead, dead, dead bolts on it, okay? Not getting in. Because, because he was perfect, you are holy. You are holy. He's the perfect gift. Let's close by looking at the call to holy living today. If you have your Bibles, you can go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read together verse 13 through 25. I know we have a lot of scripture today. If you just want to take notes, this will be on the screen. You can screenshot if you want. This is so good. Here's what 1 Peter 1, 13-25 says. It says, Therefore, with your minds ready for action, with your minds ready for action, be serious and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient, obedient sons and daughters of God. Do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, believing the lies of the devil. Get your minds ready for action. But as the one who called you is holy, you are also, you also are to be holy in your conduct for it is written be holy because i am holy and if you address as father 
the one who judges impartially based on each, each one's work. You are to conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your temporary residence. For you know that you were redeemed. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from the fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with, preci- but with the precious blood of Christ, the precious blood of Jesus, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. Blameless. He was holy. He was perfect. So he was chosen before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the time, at the end of the times for you, for you. Who through him, who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God by obedience to the truth. Having purified yourselves for sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, humbling yourselves before God, shelving your pride. It's a reference to honor. Since you have been born again, born again, Romans 10, 9 reference right there, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God, the truth. He's talking about the truth through the word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. The flowers fall. But, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached as the gospel to you. Then and now, this is the word. So then you are made holy. You're made holy. Now, it's easier to hear. It's easy, easier to hear. Be holy now because you understand God sees you as holy. And you think, well, now that I'm holy, I've got to kick it into overdrive. And I've got to do all this stuff. And I'm going to be doing more. And I'm going to run this spiritual marathon. I'm going to be the best spiritual marathon runner there ever was. Right? And like a New Year's resolution to lose weight or to do something else, to be more active, to pray more, to whatever, we go into extreme and we exhaust ourselves and we come up short three days into it going, man, there's no way, there's no way I can keep up with this. No, I can do it. And then we complain about the change that we don't see because we didn't commit to keeping it. And what I want to tell you is holiness is not about creating a list of things that you uh, can do or, or can't do. And it's not going on a, on a manic marathon to consume everything spiritual. It's not that either. Remember, holy isn't earned, it's received. Because of Jesus, you are holy. It's nothing we can do because it's already been done. It's already been done. Holiness is learning, living, and leading a life connected with God and maintaining that connection through the leading of God's Spirit. This enables us to experience the joy of the Lord and to live a life that honors, pleases, and glorifies Him. What do you need to know today? Holy living is possible. Perfect living is not. It's not. We're not striving for perfection. Remember the difference between holiness and perfection. Jesus was both. It's why He's the perfect gift. Understanding this, God's gracious, sacrificial act through Jesus will lead you to consistent commitment, will lead you to consistent commitment, which produces holiness. That produces holiness because you get the word 
in your heart and you can battle. If you understand what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, you won't take advantage of sinning anymore because you understand it costs something. It's the greatest sacrifice ever made, right? Instead, you'll think about God's amazing grace that you walk in, his love for you and how he sent his son for you to be the ultimate sacrifice for your sins. And at that point, you'll begin to hate sin and hate what it does to you, hate what it does to your life, hate what it does to your family. You'll hate what, how it projects onto people. And if you're honest with yourself, at that moment, you'll resist the devil, you'll honor God, and you will learn to live in the holiness which God has called you to. God sees you holy and blameless. He sees you righteous. When he looks at you, he sees you through his son. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. And that's a gift we're celebrating, the perfect gift we celebrate today. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to share the word of God, Lord, from Colossians, Lord, from the Apostle Paul, from everything that um, you've allowed us to experience as people, allow me to experience. Thanks for using me today. I ask you, Lord, that this word would not just pierce people's heart, Father God, but you would help them to grow in it, to walk in it, to walk in the grace you've called us to, to walk in the holiness to walk in a blameless life with confidence, Lord, with trust and with love for you. Thank you for those who are going to make a decision to follow Jesus today. Thank you for helping us to take the rest of this month to reflect on your goodness and your faithfulness to us, Lord. The greatest offer you ever made, the greatest sacrifice you ever made, and the perfect gift that you gave us in your son, Jesus. We love you for it, and we thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.